Well, today we're celebrating the reception of First Holy Communion by 14 of our young people, and I'll talk to you a little bit later, but I want to kind of first talk about the Gospel text this morning. I had just finished a Mass at Sacred Heart Church in Grable when the parish secretary told me that I had to go to Powell immediately. The pastor there, Father John Wright, had suffered a stroke. So I grabbed my gear and took off. And just as I pulled into the hospital parking lot, Father Joe Daly, then a retired priest living in Cody, also pulled in. We rushed into Father John's room, and to our surprise and to our relief, he was sitting up in bed, looking perfectly fine, sounding perfectly normal, though he was downright annoyed with all the fuss. Well, it turned out it was not a stroke, but a TIA, a transitory ischemic attack. Still, it was a warning signal. For some time prior to that health scare, Father Joe and I had been trying to convince Father John it was time to step down. His health was not good, and he was tired. And now his body fired a warning shot across the bow. Knowing that the bishop would hear about this and most likely come up to visit with Father John, I said to Father John, John, if the bishop comes here, for the love of God, just stare at him and drool. <laughs> drool, John. Well, it just happened that uh, Father John's physician had just walked in and kind of laughed and heard about that. And he kind of indicated, yeah, Father, it's time to start. And Father John, with the look of a child who had just been told it was time to come out of the swimming pool, said with a Texas accent, pruning ain't fun. Now, Father Joe and I understood what he meant. And Father John was right. Pruning ain't fun. But it is necessary, especially for those who call themselves disciples of Jesus. I don't give a hoot which church you go to. We all know that pruning trees or shrubs of dead, dying, or diseased branches ultimately helps to stimulate new growth, can even help the plant to resist insects. It is thought that pruning encourages the plant to produce hormones that help it to heal its wounds and lengthen its life. Ultimately, pruning entices the tree to bear more and better quality fruit. It is no wonder, then, that Jesus uses this image of pruning as necessary in the life of his disciples. He desires but one thing from each of us, to constantly grow in our relationship with him. And just as pruning compels the plant to become better, so too a relationship with Jesus compels us to change, to grow by cutting out those things that would impede us from rising to the full stature of who we were created to be. Now, how are we pruned? Well, there are many ways, but I'd like to suggest three broad ones. The Word of Scripture, the sacraments, and life itself.
Jesus prunes us with his word in Scripture. Just as the Father's word makes real what he sends it out to accomplish and does not return to him empty-handed, so too Jesus' word in his gospel seeks to penetrate into our being, to remove, to trim back, to cut away whatever would block us from being fully united to him. Because only in him can we bear fruit, he tells us. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The living word of scripture can comfort us in our darkest moments by pruning the temptation to wallow in hopelessness, bitterness, resentments. The word prunes us by reminding us that we're made in the love and image of God and that God, a jealous lover of souls, settles for nothing less than our achieving our potential. The living word can prune our perceptions to guide us in our relationships with others, which in turn offers us some measure of happiness in this fallen world. Jesus prunes us through his sacraments. We may be tempted to think that the sacraments are things we do or that we just passively receive. Those are very impoverished perspectives. Sacraments are gifts through which divine life is taking the initiative to encounter us, just as Jesus is taking the initiative to count, encounter these children in their first Holy Communion. When we receive the sacrament of the Eucharist, we are being grounded in our relationship with the risen Lord, given forgiveness of sins, and being offered in time, nothing less than eternal life. And so pruned, we are sent back into that world, renewed, and most importantly, empowered to be fruitful in the works of faith. The Lord uses life to prune us. A few months after Father John retired, I went out to visit him, and he had moved into a little house on the property of a church in Clark. No one, there was nothing there, just Father John. And when I arrived, he told me that he was moving to an apartment in Powell. And I was a little surprised by this, because Father John always saw himself as something that was a, as a monastic hermit, when I knew he was anything but. So I kind of probed and questioned a bit, and he came clean. He woke up one morning, was going to leave his bedroom to go to the kitchen to make a pot of coffee, and right there in front of the bedroom door was a rattlesnake. That was a moment of pruning. Father John's ministry didn't stop because he retired, but it did change, and he needed people and people still needed him. There was an incredibly talented, gifted man who succumbed to his drug addiction. He was extremely clever in hiding the drug use, but it did what addiction always does when shielded with secrecy and denial. It took over his life, it destroyed his marriage, his relationship with his children, 
and ended his career. He lost everything. Sometimes pruning can't happen until we hit rock bottom. He sought help. And the process of recovery took a few years and required constant pruning. Painful at times, he said, but ultimately liberating. And he rediscovered a simple truth from all that pruning. God loved him. And God wanted only the best for him. And he rediscovered genuine happiness. Yes, the truth is really just that simple. But how quickly we forget it and how quickly our lives degenerate into chaos when we do. He was then able to be a fruitful instrument for the pruning of others. And this leads us to consider the ultimate goal of all the pruning you and I have to endure during the course of our short lives on this earth. It is summed up in the last verse of Jesus' talk to his disciples. And he said to them, and he's saying to us, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The goal of all pruning is to have the joy of Jesus in this world and in the next.